the 90s kind of had that like hippie vibe going on like the hippie resurgence oh yeah you had woodstock end of the 90s Except like it was, yeah, it was like rapey Woodstock, though. I think that was the very creepy, <laughs> very creepy. There was a lot but of violence. To be honest, to be honest, imagine what Woodstock re- would have really looked like if it wasn't just forty-five seconds of you know a, a small reel. Oh, good call. Video. There probably you know? was a lot of rapiness happening at the original one that we just didn't hear about. <laughs> so much rapiness. <laughs> The, uh, we just hit like an anniversary on the 90s Woodstock, and it ended up being like a massive mud pit, you know, fiasco, and there was tons of like rioting and violence. I think Limp Biscuit was implicated for like stoking a lot of the violence and what have you. I don't know. That's what happened. That was the 90s version. If I was of their the lawyer, hit- my whole defense would have been Your Honor, their performance was limp at best. <laughs> At best, Lim. Their argument is quite flaccid, Your Honor. <laughs> Have you ever tried to rock hard with a limp biscuit? <laughs> Cannot be done. Oh, man. How is it going in the Chi-Town region, Mike? Frank, I have never in my life been so fucked over by daylight savings. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. oh. God, did I not see this punch coming? Really, man? Oh, I thought this, dude. I did not. I didn't hear anything about it. We talked about this about a year ago. Uh, much to my dismay, I was under the impression that the one success of the Biden administration was that they voted on eliminating daylight saving time, and here we are. This is the third time in Joe Biden's administration, fourth time that we're doing this shit. What happened? I thought we ended this. Yeah, what happened, man? I really, I didn't even worry about it. I didn't think it was a thing anymore, dude. Well, I didn't oh, really man. lose much sleep. I sleep in on Sundays anyway, so I just kind of looked at the clock, and I noticed it was uh, you know, much later than I thought it was. And then here with the podcast, too, I scheduled it, and I had no idea what I was looking at time-wise when <laughs> I was in the kitchen. <laughs> and you were like, hey, man, are we doing the show? Like, Holy, sh- oh, my God, man. All right, we got to uh, gotta gotta do it on. early so I can go to sleep, dude. That- I fucking... <laughs> Last night, I like told Danielle I'd take her bowling. Ooh, right? right Cosmic? Uh, no, just regular. And then, uh, so I go home. As I'm going back to pick her up, so you don't have to change and everything. As I'm going back to pick her up, my boss calls me, asks me if I could work out tomorrow, if I could work today. And I was like, fuck, yeah. Oh, you know, because it's double time and everything. Oh, so. overtime is the best, man. Yeah. yeah, especially double time. Or double awesome. time, yeah. That's what I meant. Yeah. <laughs> but uh So I like I was like, man, all right, I can't I don't know. Danielle was pissed. I couldn't like turn you know, I couldn't tell her now. Now she already got all ready and everything. Oh yeah. So I can't be like, no, we're not going. Uh, so we so whatever, man. I was like, all right, let's go bowling. I like tried to time everything. I timed it out pretty perfect, although I got a little too drunk, but I was like, all right. <laughs> I got four hours to sleep. Yeah. I go to sleep. Three hours later, my alarm goes off. Ooh, sight! <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> I just, dude, I woke up like so pissed off. I was like, how is this possible? What's going on? Why is it? It's not four o'clock already. I know what four hours of sleep is. Oh, yeah. You know? For sure. Man. And then I had to go, I had to go work. Working on a Sunday with one hour less sleep. You got fucked, my man. You can thank Brandon for that one, I guess, right? Hey, let's go, Brandon. Oh, yeah. What the fuck? Couldn't do anything. Your whole thing is a lie. Yes. Everything you promise, student debt relief, daylight saving time, everything. Bullshit. You could go back and listen to the two (laughs) years of this podcast, and the only times I'm wrong... Or when I said you did something good. Because then six months later, it turns out it was actually BS. Can't even get the chip act situation under control. Like, everything <laughs> is fucking bullshit with this guy. It's unbelievable. Uh, so, indeed, it is daylight saving time. Mike, do you hear everyone say savings time? Yeah. Yeah, well, we're all idiots, because apparently <laughs> it's just saving time. And uh, You know what I've been hearing a lot? You know what I, which I didn't hear before? Oh, no. DST? DST? Yeah. I don't know if I like that. Uh, I think we're heading towards idiocracy, man. Yes, you're right. <laughs> Where everyone's baiting. Uh, so, yeah. 
Daylight saving time is upon us. And Mike, you know it's a slow news week when it's in the news, man. Yes, it is daylight saving time, not daylight savings, as Jonah Ryan reminded us all in Veep. Daylight saving, not plural. Time has never saved us from anything. Last week, Senator Marco Rubio introducing a bill for the fourth time that would make daylight saving time permanent in the U.S., and he's got support from across the aisle. The worst thing of all is that you've got to fall back and then jump forward over and over again. So how did we get here? Germany was the first country to adopt daylight saving time, making Nazis. the move during World War One to save fuel they <laughs> would burn to light feels like Nazi torture. Oh, yeah, man. A lot of countries followed, including the United States. The Nazis are the ones who took us off the 432 frequency for music and changed it to what it is now. And 432 hertz is considered the universal frequency. So there's a lot of conspiracy theory out there around the idea that we adopted a new frequency to tune our instruments to, and it's slightly off, which uh, is why our society went so south after the 40s. Dude, this reminds me. um, There's (laughs) one thing that I haven't been able to stop thinking about for two days. Yes, I can't wait. What is the evidence that Napoleon didn't exist? <laughs> I like I don't know what happened. I must have been drunk or just didn't really know how to approach it at the time. Yeah, that's right. I, I let that one slip by and you I did, don't know sir. how. You did. Yeah, man. Evidence, uh <laughs> as with most conspiracy theories, evidence isn't what you base it on. It's usually more hearsay, uh okay. bullshit you saw on Reddit at two in the morning, you know. That kind of evidence. So, Napoleon not really existing. There were theories out there that maybe he doesn't... The the Napoleon we know in history isn't correctly... uh, Isn't truly him. Like, you know, the jokes about his stature or uh, maybe even his demise uh, aren't so... Aren't as true or accurate as we may believe. Kind of like how there are inconsistencies or a lot of questions about, let's say, uh, World War II, the United States' involvement with the Nazi regime. You know what I'm saying? Like maybe there's just elements to the history of Napoleon that are just so cartoonish at this point that you maybe need to look at it from a different lens and think, well, the, maybe who this guy was, maybe he was more of a greater leader than we've been led on to believe. Yeah, well, I think I don't think. I mean, come on, man! If the last three years taught us anything, I don't think you could look at any exactly and find so, the truth. And maybe there's more behind the his fall and the his uh the fact that he was uh you know ex he was kicked out excommunicated right from France and had to live his days on an island or whatever right like <laughs> there's just like there's just a lot of crazy stories about Napoleon. Uh, you wonder maybe how much of it is so true. What you know, what I'm saying. There's just a lot of stuff with Napoleon where, like with Hitler, again, I just think you know, the the villains of history have are cartoonishly villainous. I dude, yeah, like Putin of today, like Putin of today, and so yeah. it kind of just makes you look at things in a different lens, and you kind of start to wonder: Was Napoleon really the guy they say he was? Was Hitler, right? Who knows? We don't know, man. We have been bred in a world of bullshit. And so, especially all of us alive now, pretty much the majority of us at this point have been alive since television existed. So we have literally been under the spell of our government since day one, since birth. Who knows, And we were fooled by the internet. Oh, and then the internet came, right? So who the fuck knows, man? Uh, And so that was kind of my basis for, you know, the Napoleon didn't exist. More so the Napoleon we know of, or the comical Napoleon that we seem to uh, talk about these days. Not so. But you believe there was a French leader. Yes, I do believe Napoleon existed. Named named Napoleon. Yeah, yeah, was a real guy. But just uh, right. maybe not the way history paints him to be. I could, I could, I could buy that again. I mean, how well? How would you? How do you perceive our historical take on Napoleon? Almost a bubble, bumbling fool, on a certain level. 
Oh, it's Trump. Dude, that's Trump. Right? Like, I get Waterloo, you know, all this stuff. So there's really oh, just... Oh, yeah, because then you're literally thinking to yourself, how did this guy get... How did this guy... How did he attain this power? Being yes. an idiot. Yes. You know, it's there's just yes. a lot to it. So Napoleon, the Napoleon, look at the pictures of him. How do we know those are accurate depictions? A short, fat, moronish <laughs> person. Like, I don't know if that's really the guy yeah. we're talking about here. You know, maybe he was this massive, you know, hulking figure and like a very powerful guy. We don't know. We really don't I mean, when know. you get to the top, you didn't get there by being stupid. Exactly. That's, that's, a, that's a, yeah. But he did, he did go into Russia. And he did some incredible shit, man, as a, as a general. And so, I mean, don't our generals and military uh, personnel here study the history of the warfare of the French during that era? Like, I, yeah. I, I thought he was well accomplished. So that's just kind of my take on it. And same thing with Hitler, man. What gets me about Hitler is, you know, we worked with Hitler for a long time. And then like the last two years, we're like, let's go get Hitler. So, you know, like, yeah. you, we have a weird way of warping <laughs> even modern hey, follow history. us, guys. We, we know where he is. We built the fort. Hey, IBM, how did you perfect <laughs> your programming skills in the 1940s? Well, there's... A lot to be said there. It had a lot to do with Hitler and the Nazis and what they were doing with the concentration camps. You know, no one wants to talk about that. Nobody wants to talk about IBM, you know, advancing their technology through funneling Jews through the concentration camps. It happened. It's true. Where do you think they got those marking systems they fucking tattooed on people's arms, man? Very uh, efficient. (laughs) Someone had to be the first guy to come up with the ones and zeros. (laughs) It started somewhere. It started there. (laughs) Enjoy your phones. (laughs) Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, the stuff stuff out of history is interesting only because, look, daylight savings time starts with the, you know, the Germans and right after World War One, apparently, and then they just keep it rolling, uh, you know, in the 60s, or they restarted it in the 60s when we tried to align the clocks worldwide and all that nonsense. And so, you know, you know, we took back Germany and, you know, were the saviors, the heroes of World War Two. We snagged all those really smart Nazis and we brought them over here and started NASA. So, I mean, like... <laughs> Yeah, you can't forget about that. Our history's kind of weird, man. <laughs> and that's just what you know about. What other... Like, they had to admit to that one. Because right. literally this, like, <laughs> this, this whole new organization formed and they all spoke German. Like, it was a little weird. Yeah, Von, like, how, where did this guy how, Von Braun come from, man? <laughs> Von Braun? Hmm. <laughs> no, but then, like, think about how many organizations already existed that we just, like, kind of incorporated other Nazis into, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Like the Department of Energy. Oh yeah. I guarantee you those guys were all of our technology um took massive leaps right after World War II. A lot of it has to do with all the stuff we tested out during that time frame. I mean that's when we started kind of figuring out chemtrail technology and how to mess <laughs> with weather. This is true. Yeah. We were blanketing the skies and, and creating clouds, cloud formations to ha- hide our B-52s coming through or whatever they were at that time. Uh, I mean, warfare is a great time to test out new tech, man. That's the best. You could kill people and nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> it's freaking so true. Uh, or you could wage war on the common man like the pharmaceutical companies do. And uh, now, finally, Mike, we have people speaking out about that kind of warfare that's being unleashed. Uh, first, it started about a week or so ago with Woody Harrelson hitting the stage over at SNL. Uh, and then today, or this weekend, maybe this is an older clip, but I saw it floating around the interwebs and I thought it was fantastic. It's Rob Schneider. He's still alive. Mike, he's still alive, and he's out there, and he's he's talking the truth uh, out to groups of people, and we need more of this. 
He's an interesting guy. Came down on me, which was, you know, with the pharmaceutical business, it's like it's so powerful. This is all the stuff that I learned after after that was that they spend upwards in a non-election year 85% of all spending for television, the internet, which is now bigger than it was 10 years ago, eight up to 85% in a non-election year is big pharma. Yeah. It is only other one other country that allows, you know, direct to consumer drug ads. Yeah. So there's a gigantic amount. So and if you take a look and what was really interesting in California and then nationally was the biggest donors for every state legislator, every state legislator and then federal and then Congress and Senate, you realize the tentacles and what pharma is. Pharma is the legal drug cartel. They are. And they've managed to figure out a system of just like, this is just collateral damage for them. It's the cost of doing business, children dying, people dying. It's like, they'll just pay it off until there is criminal charges. It will continue until yeah. the uh, a CEO or people on the board are brought up on criminal charges for fraud, yeah, negligence. Uh, I agree that and 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 criminality um, until there's a homicide charge. Right, it's going to continue. Why? Because it's the cost of doing business. Yeah, man. Get back to comedy, rap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Rob. Oh, if you met Rob Reiner, you guys would. <laughs> I love that he's out there saying this stuff. He during the pandemic, I gotta say, I followed a lot of shit he was saying on Twitter. It was refreshing to know that the comedians and guys that we grew up with were still sane and speaking a little bit of honesty out there. Jim Brewer did the same thing. They all yeah. got canceled, but they survived it. They were uncancelable, and uh, it's nice to hear just out loud in the public people calling these pharmaceutical companies drug cartels, which is what they are, man. Yeah, it's a little, for me, it's just like it's a little too little too late, you know what I mean? Like Jim Brewer, I give you credit because you were one of the first ones, like right away. You know? Oh, yeah. I think, like, you're coming out now. It's like, all right, you're kind of jumping on the bandwagon, you know? I don't know. I feel like Rob was one of the originals from day one shouting it out. Yeah. And, yeah, he did some comedy stuff, but it, he, I don't know. He Maybe it's just because I never hear about him. Well, he definitely got probably shadow banned on Twitter. I would have to dig to find his stuff. He wasn't even that big in his prime. I know. He's not that big of a celebrity. You know? <laughs> Oh, was he in City Slickers or something? Yeah, I, no, no. no, I don't think so. No, he was the animal and uh, Deuce Bigelow, oh, yeah, right? And uh, who's the guy in the City Slickers? That was Billy Crystal. Billy Crystal, way better. He's Rob Schneider is the No Hack Hall of Fame. <laughs> he's, a, no, he's the No Hack Billy Crystal. That's like, he's the hack hey, version oh, of Billy Crystal. That's so right on the money. Oh my god. <laughs> You're the, you're the, uh, who's John Stamos's? Oh, it was, uh, Mario Lopez. You're the Mario Lopez of John <laughs> Stamos. Mario Lopez, he's AC Slater from Saved by the Bell, and now he does, uh, Access Hollywood. That's right. Terrible. <laughs> he's, Terrible. He's a hack. Yeah, Rob, Sh- Rob Schneider, the wannabe Billy Crystal. You've got a way better name, Billy Crystal? That is great. You think it's two better? things I love to collect: bills and crystals. You know you what I mean. It's better than Rob Schneider. <laughs> yeah, dude. You, know, you just you just look ugly because of your name, dude. Like this. I like Rob. He's a funny, dude. Speaking that of name funny makes guys, you look ugly, man. did you hear about Joe Rogan this weekend? He opened up his comedy club um, in Austin, the Comedy Mothership. And they had, like, uh, Alex Jones was there, and Tim Dillon, and uh, Roseanne Barr did a set. And uh, he's billing the club as uh, an uncancelable place. Uh, Like, you you can perform there, and you won't be canceled. That's awesome. So you you have to be prepared to be offended, apparently, to go to uh, Joe Rogan's Austin Comedy Club. I think that's pretty cool.
Um, apparently they had a huge party. There was, I don't know if there was a clip, but I read an article about Joe Rogan. He introduced the show and he apparently said he was high on mushrooms and it was the highest he had ever been on stage. And he was having like the time of his life. <laughs> and, uh, I love the, you know what I love about it is the haters out there. What, what has this guy done to make you think he's going to fail? Why, yeah, and what, why the hate? Yeah, why? <laughs> like, like, what makes you think this guy is going to, like, again, again, a Napoleon. You know what I mean? Is this guy really that stupid? He rose to the top in, like, five different industries. What, you know what I mean? You're right. And he's 55 years old, and he looks fantastic. Fantastic. Like, the, the guy That's a guy you throw shape. in the middle of the ocean. He's going to make it to shore. <laughs> yeah, you know? Right. Like, this guy <laughs> is going to find a way to win. Right? And all you fucking f- gets there on CNN, and you guys can barely <laughs> breathe in this filtered air studio. Like, ah, Joe Rogan is out there. Like, dude. <laughs> dude, you're right. They can't handle this dude's existence. Like, he's got the show on Spotify, which is a almost, what, ha- a quarter of a billion dollar contract, whatever it is. And I then- don't know what it is, but they, they said they've made what they put into it, like, uh, sevenfold or something like that well he gets half a million views or i'm sorry 500 million views what is it per episode <laughs> no no he, he has some episodes i think that will hit 100 million so he he does the uh, what half a million per episode no no he's over a million every episode right, i don't know what it is I, I think he's it's in beast. the tens of millions every episode. he's an absolute beast as far as his reach you can't combine all the news networks and even compare to his reach across the planet. And, like, on top of it, he could care less about the podcast, I imagine. He's got the fucking comedy club now. He tours the country doing comedy acts. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. The guy Successful does. Comedian. He, he's an announcer for uh, MMA fights. Like, this guy's like. This guy was a kickboxer who's just like, I'm going to go to Hollywood and then got <laughs> onto TV. Turned it into a TV show. It's amazing. Like, what makes you think he's going to fail? And then... That's incredible. The, oh, he's so <laughs> stupid. He did it in Austin. There's no scene in Austin. Yeah, idiot. He's going to build it. Exactly. <laughs> oh, it's pretty incredible what he's doing. Um, And, you know, read up on what happened over the weekend. There's no footage of it. It's pretty great stuff. Uh, you have That's to, awesome. Yeah, you got to go and, you get, you know, you got to see it. It's billed as a place that will essentially be bringing in big time acts. So, uh, and look, the major sell for a lot of comedians these days, I won't get canceled. This is great. Let me come here and do all my stuff. You know, I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna offend everybody. This will be really fun. Well, that's what they always talk about is like they need a, they need like a gym. You know what I mean? They need to practice. It's pretty crazy uh, to think that yeah. that's the world we're living in here in America. Uh, the land of, what, free speech, I thought, where Joe Rogan had to go down to Texas to build his own little place where comedians around the world can go and speak their mind freely. Dude, another one is I just listened to the overtime Bill Maher. Oh, how was that? Home. I fell asleep twice during the episode. I had never even got to the end. Dude, <laughs> Bill Maher. Bill Maher talks about Elon Musk talking about building a utopian city in Texas. Oh, okay. And just mentioning Elon Musk, the crowd starts laughing at at Elon Musk. All you fucking assholes in the crowd who nobody knows, and then these two fucking people that Bill's interviewing that I've never heard of. That's right. right? (laughs) They're all laughing at Elon Musk. What does he know? (laughs) <laughs> oh, I can think of a better place that I, I want to be than Texas. <laughs> where, f- you want to go to Seattle where not even Walmart can stay? <laughs> I don't want to be in Texas. You and your f- boyfriend don't even need abortions, so what's your problem? You don't want to go to this place where it's fucking beautiful weather, you don't have to pay income tax. I, I don't know. You are <clears throat> right on the freaking money. And, and Elon, all you guys talk about is, oh, what do we need to do to fix cities? Fix cities. Well, Elon Musk is at least tr- attempting to do something. He's attempting to do something. You guys are doing nothing but offering ridicule. Not only that, California, Illinois, Ca- Colorado, <laughs> New York, you New guys York. are voting for higher taxes. You're regulating more shit. You are getting... 
you're becoming more unlivable for the middle class. Yeah. It's pretty You're taxing them to put more, we put more money per child into the schools and they are dumb as rocks in these fucking Democrat cities. Yeah. They literally can't speak English. Yeah, man. Man. (laughs) Dude, I was in this classroom riding this like sink. I don't know. I don't want to get too racist with it. Oh, no. Well, uh, but, we but this kid walked into class like 20 <laughs> minutes late, dude, right? And the teacher just goes like, he's like, oh, excuse me, excuse me. And the kid just sits down. He's like, excuse me. And then the teacher starts getting loud. And the kid literally stands up, throws the desk, and goes, hey, what's up, man? I, I, I just got here. Why are you yelling at me, man? Oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, dude. Oh, dude, we're in a bad spot. Like, what the fuck, man? Oh, no. <laughs> we don't really have a comparison, though. We're not stepping into these, like, suburban schools now, so we don't really know. There, maybe that's a little bit better there. Uh, I hear horror stories about the indoctrination programs in those schools from parents in the burbs out here, but uh, yeah. at least maybe there isn't so much uh, kid knocks out teacher. Did you see the... The video of that one guy, he was 270 pounds and like 6'5 or whatever. He was a student, and he knocked, he knocked out one of the teachers stone cold because she took his <laughs> Nintendo. Oh, female teacher? N- knocked her out, man. Ah, uh, dude, that's what I mean. They have, they have no rules anymore. There's no respect at all. There's, that's what happens when you break down the quote-unquote gender barriers. Yes. You know? Man, that is, oh, that's so terrible. That's what kills me the most, dude, is just the insane. Dude, the other day I'm trying to re, I have a fucking cart filled with heavy tools and shit, and I'm trying to go down the stairs, and the kids are on either side of the stairs waiting for their teacher. Oh, yeah. You know? And this one fat fucking. <laughs> this is elementary school, dude. So these little fuckers are like fourth grade, dude. And this fat <laughs> little oh, fucking... I think we know. Oh, yeah. Just will not move her leg. All right. And she's just looking at me. And the teacher's yelling, move your leg. I, I won't say the name. Move the leg. <laughs> and then the girl just fucking does the... And just slowly. Wow, man. So slowly <laughs> moves the leg. Yeah. Like it was just obnoxiously slow. <laughs> so I could fucking go by. And I'm like balancing on a stair right there. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, you know, respect, common courtesy. I see none of it anymore, even by grown adults, man. I don't even, you know, it's, it's across the board at this point. Uh, no, chivalry is dead. Dead. Even just basic common courtesies. The social fabric has been ripped to shreds. You see it on the roads. You see it walking down the street. There's no more holding doors for people. Everybody's just in their own narcissistic little universe. And they don't fucking care about you. And if they say they are, they're lying. Anyone who was the mask wearer telling you they're doing it for you is a liar. They're doing it for themselves. There's a lot of out there for themselves people, and they're breeding these kids, man. Look at these children now. Not even willing to move their foot to let a guy go by who's working on their plumbing. You're a fucking seven-year-old girl. You should be terrified of me. You should be getting out of my way without anybody even fucking acknowledging you. Or terrified of the consequences from the teachers or the principal or whatever, but if none exists, then yeah, you're a total... Little frickin' asshole. That's what you are. You know what that is, man? I hate to say it. I guarantee you she doesn't have a father at that house. That's you know what it is? You, you don't realize man. what a man can do to you. You know what I mean? So you walk around thinking you're big and bad. Maybe until there's a man no actually dad knocks there. you out. You could eat, but then you could have a dad there, and you end up with Leah Thomas. And you're staring at the dad. You're like, what'd you do wrong? Where'd you go? What happened there, man? Like, why? You know? that's, a good, that's a good call. Like, now. Did, did we ever find out about his dad? I don't think we ever did. He might not have one. 
as possible. <laughs> I just think when it comes to even the people with dads, well, my my thing with the Leah Thomas thing is, how did they have enough security to stop all the fathers of all the other daughters competing against this dude? I know. Because you don't have enough restraint in the world to hold me down. You know what? You know what I think it was, man? It's You know what it is? It's like, I'll go to jail for you. I'll go to jail for, I'll, I'll get arrested for assault. Uh, you know, I'll take that one. For the kid? Of course, man. That's what, <laughs> for, for sure. For sure. For sure. Everyone is like that with their kids. At least I thought. Yeah, for sure. And for sure. And then you could go to work in three weeks when you get out of jail or whatever, you know, in 30, 90 days, whatever. You could explain that one off. Oh, you'll you be know? a hero to the men at work. Try, <laughs> try going back to work after you get charged with a hate crime. <laughs> That's worse than murder. Uh, the hate crime is a big deal nowadays, no <laughs> doubt about it. It's one you want to avoid. Hey, what's worse? Uh, where, is it worse to get charged with a hate crime or have to go door to door and tell them you uh, are a, a sex offender? Well, I think if you get the hate crime, you've got to go door to door and tell them you're a racist. <laughs> yeah, so what's worse? What <laughs> oh, you, we should totally do that. Why would you there, rather? Should be a, there should be a registry of all the uh, hate, hate offenders. The hate, yeah, the hatists out there. <laughs> Could you imagine if a guy came to my door and he was like, he was like I got into a fight at the bar. The guy was black. I won the fight, but I also called him the N-word twice. I had to do some time. I've apologized. Currently in anger management. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I have a lot of work to do. You gotta do that whole spiel, the whole Anthony. Actually, you go door to door and with Anthony Anderson, and you just scream, "I'm sorry," and I love BLM with Anthony Anderson, door to door. That's oh my the god, punishment. Dude, you don't understand. We just did the impossible. We just did the. Imp- we found a job for Anthony Anderson. <laughs> Holy cow! Hello, uh, ma'am. I'm your new neighbor. This is Anthony Anderson. We're now gonna scream my apology for being a racist. <laughs> Now, speaking of Anthony Anderson and uh, apologizing for racism, it must work because uh, hosting the Oscars today is uh, none other than Jimmy Kimmel. No. He's hosting, my man. I told you, you got to do a little. Didn't we just have the Oscars? No, no, no. They have oh, yeah, the slap heard around the world. Mike, it has been one year since the slap. <laughs> this is the one year anniversary? Yes, it's one year. It's There's pretty... the slap statue. <laughs> I thought there'd be like a statue reveal. I don't know. Are we going to do a memorial? <laughs> Apparently, Jimmy Kimmel's going to make a lot of jokes about it. I look forward to uh, hearing it. It's, oh, my God. It's yeah. going to be so many jokes. It's going to be so played out. He already, well, he already did some commercials uh, talking, like making fun of the slap and how he can't handle getting slapped uh, because he cries a lot. And uh, he said some funny stuff, actually. I mean, it's already he's rolling with the slap. It's going to be a major uh, topic. Uh, I guess they have a new carpet this year. They're not doing the uh, velvet red <clears throat> carpet. They're going with a champagne-colored carpet. I can't believe they went with white, dude. That's a bold move. Well, Jimmy Kimmel said that this year they don't expect any bloodshed. So, uh, you know, they'll be able to uh, roll with the champagne. <laughs> God, he needs better writers. Man. He used to use Adam Carolla. I, I don't know if Adam did, uh, helped him out this year. I think he usually tosses a few jokes in there. But, uh, you know, once you go to Epstein Island... You, you just don't have any good material anymore. I feel like that's what yeah, because you're yeah, you're so out of touch at that point. That's the problem. You know, you get that's to fly so that Lolita Express. Uh, it's all over from there. And uh, speaking of uh, those kind of actors, uh, there's a new movie coming out. Man, what was it? I saw a commercial for it. Mike, your man Chris Tucker is in it. Chris Tucker? Yeah, you're f- one of your top Tuckers. That's the top Tucker. That's, That's top, top three Tucker for top sure. Top three Tucker. Not like that bottom three Tucker, uh, Tucker Carlson. No, <laughs> <laughs> it goes Chris Tucker, Tuck, uh, Marshall Tucker Band. Marshall Tucker Band. <laughs> I forgot my third Tucker, but I know he's better than uh, the guy with the bow tie. I forget his name. Tucker Carlson. So forgettable. <laughs> Oh, man. So uh, 
Well, we were talking about uh, abandoning cities and uh, all the woke nonsense uh, driving people out earlier. Um, I found a fantastic clip, man. Uh, it's from our favorite new morning show that nobody is tuning into. Uh, it is um, uh, CNN Morning News Show with uh, Don Lemon and uh, the two chicks. Uh, Lemon Between Melons. I know you're familiar with <laughs> this <laughs> Oh, now I know what you're talking about. I, I have kind of a thick clip, but I really like it. It's uh, I'm not familiar with um, Shark Tank. Are you a fan of Shark Tank? Oh, I love it, dude. Yeah. Okay, one of the dudes on Shark Tank, uh, <clears throat> he went on the morning CNN show and started telling them uh, that nobody that he would never open a business in New York and nobody's going to. Oh, Kevin O'Leary, dude, they went nuts. Did you catch this? This is fantastic stuff, man. They went man. nuts. Yeah, oh, the left, oh, dude, the left has been blowing up about it. Oh, really? Okay, I wasn't familiar. Yeah. I, I saw and I, like, melted down. I thought this was absolutely hilarious. Uh, dude, the left is even going so far as to say, even it, there, there is no problem. But even <laughs> if there was a problem, we shouldn't talk about it. Because that will just scare away possible people, you know. We just talk about investors. just talk about Bill Maher and his uh, idiot guests talk, laughing at Elon <laughs> Musk, who literally yeah. packed it up and moved to Texas. Well, go to Texas. I'm rather, I'd rather go live in this city. No I, cops. I hate to break it to everybody, but everyone wants to leave wherever they are now and go down south or go to a place where they don't gouge you on income tax and they're not teaching CRT and uh, you know gay sex cowboy stuff in their children's books. And I we we need yeah and no drag shows. No drag shows. I People mean, wake up like I, it's funny watching them make fun of guys like Ron DeSantis when. I don't think they're looking around and seeing a lot of people are agreeing with guys like Ron DeSantis or Governor Abbott in Texas. People want to live in these communities in these places where they're not getting taxed an extra 40 cents a paycheck to uh, help some uh, black tranny open a dispensary in downtown Denver. (laughs) People are voting with their feet. They are voting with their feet. They're walking out. And who's moving? You know, uh, what's his name? Newsom brags about the number of people moving into California. Who's moving in there? Oh, they're migrants. Fucking He's counting the migrants. <laughs> migrants. Fucking, and then teenagers with some wild dream and not a dollar in their pocket. You know what He's, I mean? In the meantime, you're making fun of the billionaire that left your fucking state. Dude, Shark Tank guy at the end of this just eviscerates California, uh, and he's right on the money. I think this guy nails it wholeheartedly, and the reaction across the table is, uh, is beautiful. So uh, let's dive into this one. I'm a huge fan of this. I don't put companies here in New York anymore or in Massachusetts or in New Jersey or in California. Those states are uninvestable. The policy here is insane. The taxes are too high. We put them in Fargo, North Dakota, because 40 percent of the people work elsewhere, including Boston. So I was, you know, a a bit of a debate with Elizabeth Warren about this. But I say, look, Senator, we've got to move the companies out of your state because you're not investable anymore. You're punishing people if they're successful. You overtax them, you hit them with a super tax. New Jersey, what a mess. New York, uninvestable. And Wait, California. why is New York uninvestable? Try and do a project That's in New York. Easy. Try and build but a yeah, data. I'm asking, Don's point, is it beyond the taxes? Oh, the regulatory environment is punitive. I had a project in upstate New York behind the grid in Niagara Falls for electricity, a global data center we were building. Eventually, it got so bad with the, the politicians in the local region and the state policy, we moved it to Norway and all the jobs. Wow. Norway has it now. Thousands of jobs coming out of that. I mean, that is, that's New York. Uninvestable. Oh. Sorry, don't shoot the messenger. Just telling you the way it is. Yeah, that's it. We, Uninvestable. We some pushback from our, our elected officials in New York I on that. I was going to say Kathy Hochul. Yeah. But I'll debate it, them any time of the day you want. Uh, we would love <laughs> to stop that. Sounds She's like a confident man. Jobs. She kills jobs by the thousands. You know, another New Jersey problem. Where did Amazon take their jobs? They took them away from her. She threatened to sue them if they created jobs. I mean, this is a... Uh, I don't know if I clipped... Did you catch he said AOC? <clears throat> He's talking about AOC here, like... Oh, yeah. I, I don't know if it skipped over, but he uh, he's bashing AOC here. No, another New Jersey problem. Where did Amazon take their jobs? They took them away from her. She threatened to sue them if they created jobs. I mean, this is a reality. It's a reality that the business- there's a little more to it, but let's not relitigate well, that. Well, you know, sorry, I'm just telling the truth. He's he's saying what a lot of people are saying, especially what happened with that Amazon thing here in New York. Just real quickly, but 
Don sounds awfully timid to be speaking huh. between the ladies these days. <laughs> Did you hear that? <laughs> Very quiet and almost apologetic for interjecting there. <laughs> Don, you scared little animal. <laughs> He's like a dog that's been whipped. <laughs> He's got to watch his tongue, man. That was strike one. <laughs> He's very, very, very cautious about how and when he says things between the ladies. It's fantastic. Well, the conversation, but what, what was Elizabeth Warren's response when he said that? You can just picture his head down. Look, I have a lot of respect for her. Head down, shoulders up. It's okay to have a debate about politics, but not policy. When you have punitive policy, you're making a mistake. And I want to just put up my hand and say, I don't agree, Senator, with your policy. I respect you as a politician, a very successful one. You know, she's very successful. And that's the state where I grew my kids. I mean, our family grew up in Boston, Massachusetts. We left there to move to Florida like everybody else is because it's such a tough place to, you know, this is a tough message. People really are critical about this, but somebody has to call it out because this is a competition of states now and we don't put money there anymore. We put it in other places and jobs are created elsewhere. Over time, this is going to diminish New Jersey, diminish New York, diminish Massachusetts and California out of business, out of business. El Morte, no business there. You can't do business there. I don't know what that place is going to turn into. Maybe a tourist zone, but no business. Imagine San Francisco. You can't even walk at night out in the street. Damn. Damn. That didn't sound good. He just smoked California right there, I feel like. That was like, hearing a... A, a muerte. Yes, I'm saying. He had to go, to, he had to go bilingual on describing how, how in the shitter California is now. This is bad. <laughs> how bad is California, Mr. O'Leary? Not even an English word to describe. <laughs> El muerte. Ooh. I like that R, man. Oh, yeah. I've been watching uh, a lot of, you know, uh, Top Chef and, uh, you know, cooking shows lately with Aaron. He always rolls Uh, the R's there. Yeah, he's my guy. Practice. Oh, dude, but then talk about... What do you have to gain from killing the messenger on this one? Right? Why not just listen to him and take a look at your policies and look what's going on? They're failing. You need to do something. It's funny seeing CNN welcome people who um, don't necessarily toe the line. and No, they weren't expecting him. Dude, he's a Democrat. Yeah, but even Demo- like maybe more centrist Democrats are being a little more vocal now about how shitty the economy is and how bad everything is uh, in certain places of the country where you, you just can't open up a business, man. And what is that going to do to the city? I mean... Well, you're seeing it in real time in Chicago in a place where Lori Lightfoot absolutely destroyed over the past four-plus years. How long was she in charge there? I can't remember. Four years. And it's amazing the amount of destruction uh, an administration can do in just four years. (laughs) All it took was getting rid of the cops. Literally, that's all it took. Because then the businesses say, no thanks. Why am I going to renew my rent in a place that just gets ransacked daily? Yeah. So. Bad, seriously. Pretty wild stuff. You're going to start seeing this domino effect move faster and faster. You've described it to me about certain areas downtown. It's going to take a long time to bring those places back. We're talking ghost towns, essentially. Literal strips that used to be bustling with... You know, commerce and uh, not just the storefronts and the Dunkin' Donuts and what have you and the coffee shops, but you're talking about like the business, the businesses above just totally vacant, man. I mean, yeah, what do you think was in those high rises? (laughs) How are you going to bring people back? (laughs) How do you bring them back? We were discussing here today. Colorado went all in on the $15 minimum wage, and it's just wrecking the job market here. And it's making it impossible for small businesses to run. You can't, that's just an impossible market to compete on when the cost of goods have doubled (laughs) because you've doubled the minimum wage for people who should be 
paid minimum wage for minimum wage work. But no longer, they're no longer paid that. Everything has inflated. Yeah, it's insane. It's insane how much people think they're worth. Well, how, we were just talking about today, though. How do we go back? You know, Colorado, what do you do? Someone has to get elected and be like, hey, look, sorry, but we're passing a bill where we're taking the minimum wage back down to 10 bucks. Sorry. And good luck getting reelected. Well, someone's got to do it. <laughs> Yeah, you do that, you're gonna not, you're not gonna get real. Like you're gonna lose to the guy who's like, "Fuck that guy! I'm gonna give you 15 back." That is how yeah. democracies die. It's uh, well known that when you can just keep dipping into the purse and giving more and more to the populace, the people just vote for the guy who cuts them bigger checks. Yeah, that's where we're at. You bankrupt the country, the democracy crumbles. You got your revolution, you got to restart. Or China becomes the ruler of the world. I hope everybody's ready to learn Mandarin. Oh, no. And or... I, I got to tell you, I'll fight to the death on that one just because I don't want to... I can't learn that language. <laughs> I'll just die. I'd rather die in battle than starve to death because I can't read your fucking menu. Well, they're going to have us all in prisons, tearing the skin off garlic. I'm telling you. <laughs> We're going to be peeling garlic for the rest of our lives with our teeth and our toes. No, dude, you won't need garlic peelers. I mean, who are they going to sell it to? We're their prisoners. Oh, We're you're right. Already oh, peeled, good you know? call, man. Yeah, I gotta, I'm not thinking fourth dimensionally over here. That's why they can't take us over. <laughs> you know my thing with China, and I've, I've ranted this well before in the past, but I just don't think China is as well off as they make it seem. You know what I'm saying? Maybe. I think they lie about everything. I just get the vibe that they got the ghost cities. They must have the ghost infrastructure and, and the ghost money. And I just think there's a lot of bullshit going along with China where they always make themselves seem bigger and better. You know, don't they still make the uh, pump up videos or the videos where they, uh, you know, try to show the world how incredible they are? No, do they? I thought that was more like a North Korea. Is that more thing North now. Korea now? All right. <laughs> yeah. Little Kimmy, he's been shooting off some missiles again. That's right, he is. And who does the pump uh, up videos then? It's North Korea. Russia still does it, right? They did one like last year. I feel like. I feel like that was an American made that for Russia and they put it out <laughs> to the world. More American propaganda than anything. Uh, very possible. Yeah. <laughs> you never know these days. Well, everyone's fleeing the north and they're going to the south, man. I think this is uh, going to be a bad thing for the south because the only thing that happens is the politics come with the people. So everyone's in trouble down. I don't see it. I don't think so. Right. I think you're getting a lot more uh, just, I think the people that love it. They're staying, you know. Some people love what's happening in Chicago. They believe it's it's great that it's diversifying. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Okay. So the uh, the violence and the crime—that's just you know a part of it. It's part of the deal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's really it's really odd how people talk about places in Chicago like. I don't understand how a room of like a classroom of all black kids, how is that a diverse classroom? Well, that sounds about as diverse as all the commercials I see on TV now, Mike. So <laughs> but no, it makes but come sense on, dude. That's not, that's not, di <laughs> that, you guys are missing the point of diversity, you know? Like, that's right. It's no different than a classroom of all white kids, you know? That's. Yeah, well, you know, we're uh, balancing on some difficult concepts here, right, Did you man? see that Bill Maher interview, man? I mean, the craziest thing he said that is he, had, he talked about the writer room at, at, at real time. Because they're on the CBS studio, they have to have 50% POCs. Wow. Yeah. 50% of the writing room. That's why your writing sucks. Because yes. you gotta, you gotta, you know, and you know what happened. They were like, "We need ten comedians, so we're just gonna hire the best ten white guys. Then we're gonna pick ten BIPOCs." Yes. Fill the room with twenty people instead of ten. Still get the ten we want. But then you still get the woke 
b- jokes, the like the or the woke commentary. <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? Like uh, a lot of the stuff on the woke side doesn't land. Yeah, that's true. I watched John Oliver's take on Ron DeSantis, and he was ripping on Ron DeSantis's kind of crusade against woke and wokeism, and John Oliver made fun of that as if that wokeism is some phantom made up thing that Ron DeSantis is, you know, it's like his QAnon or whatever. And <clears throat> does John Oliver or his writer's room not understand that there's a massive pushback against woke right now? Like people really like you hear grandmas talk about like all oh, that woke stuff, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. people really yeah. don't like woke shit. Yet these writers' rooms for Bill Maher and John Oliver over at HBO and everyone in the writers' rooms for Jimmy Kimmel and all the other Jimmies over there at late night, like they you gotta imagine it's the same woke ass fucking mixed room. And well, John Oliver would be the same thing, CBS Studio. Yeah, dude. And so that makes so. sense that they're making fun of Ron DeSantis going after woke, but then normal people in sub- suburbia who voted for Biden are like Hey, you know, Ron DeSantis going after that CRT, that makes a lot of sense, actually. Yeah. <laughs> so like, yeah, I don't want my kid learning that bullshit. That's a huge fucking disconnect. You're trying to be funny to the same group of people who are saying, hey, I kind of agree with what Ron's doing down there in Florida. <laughs> yeah. And I don't really like that woke shit. You got a whole woke-ass room of writers. That's what SNL is. SNL's atrocious. I, t- I think I saw half of it last night. It's terrible. They don't know how to write yeah, jokes they really anymore. Lost their way. They have no idea how to make fun of anything anymore because they can't make fun of anything. They can't make fun of Joe Biden's administration because it's the gayest administration in American uh, history. Which makes it the best. You can't make fun of the gayest, most BIPOC administration in the history of America. Uh, how dare you? Half of the people in his administration identify as women. Most of them <laughs> have penises. <laughs> I knew you were going to say <laughs> But they identify. <laughs> See, Bill Clinton was just 22 years too early. Because then he could have, after he fucked Monica, how could I? I identify as a woman. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Man, this, this shit didn't work in the 90s. There's no way it would. <laughs> no. No, if you had a dick, you showed up in a suit. <laughs> and a clean haircut. out of time because we did some Don Lemon. As you all know, Don Lemon had some major pushback against him over the last couple of weeks because he uh, made a statement about a, I believe, was it Nikki Haley? I think it was Nikki Haley. Yeah, not being for, in her prime. Not being a woman in her prime. And I, it seemed to have rustled, <laughs> ruffled like a few One feathers thing gay men there. know is women in their prime. <laughs> That's right, dude. Fucking idiot, dude. <laughs> so, uh, that's why I kind of alluded to the fact that he was a bit sheepish in his uh, approach there during that segment. Uh, he didn't want to interrupt the ladies in any kind of way. Seems well, sexy. Oh, that's right, dude. <laughs> Poor Don. He's in a rough spot, man. He's <laughs> he's just splitting hairs. He's five seconds from being fired. Um, I can't. I can't wait for one of them to just do the little quick like fist movement just to see it like see him flinch. <laughs> <laughs> she just goes to, like move some hair from her eye, but he you know he cowers like a woman. Or I'm sorry. Like a Don. Um and so uh, It was only a matter of time, man. And I shot this to you the other day. I don't know if you uh, checked it out, but the GOP and the R and and the uh Republican National Convention are all over Don Lemon's sexism, and uh, I gotta say, I think this is brilliant. 
I'm not about to let Don Lemon or anyone tell me I'm not in my prime. I'm in my prime. <laughs> oh, God. Because I don't need Google to tell me. I think I'm in my prime because I've never felt better. I'm a wife, I'm a mom, and I'm a member of the U.S. House of Representatives. I'm the first woman to represent my district in Congress. I'm a domestic violence survivor. I'm a mother. I'm a grandmother. This is actually my second career. There's nothing liberals fear more than strong conservative women. We have incredible women from all over the country who represent every walk of life and every background you can imagine. And to say that we are not in our prime is just stupid. This is the time for us to shine. <laughs> Republican women of all ages. You really stepped into done. <laughs> our prime time is now. You see what they did there? Remember his show was Primetime? Oh, Do you wow. see what they did right there? That was Twist nasty. that knife. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they got him. They got, they got, it, dude, they won that round. Come <laughs> Fuck you, Don Lemon. <laughs> Don Lemon? You're a fucking middle-aged gay man who just got kicked off of your fucking own show. So now sit between two women. Two white straight women, and then you, you bashed women. What the hell is oh, wrong with you? Fucking idiot! On a show that only women are watching, you're on when women are at home watching your show, and you just tore, you made fun of them. <laughs> you literally made fun of the women in front of you and the women watching your show. Everybody, and, and, and now, you, oh man, just qu- call it quits, dude. Just do the Cuomo. Go join him on that other network nobody's uh, ever heard of on channel 800. You know, just hang out with Cuomo. Do a podcast, man. Dude, his podcast, I got to listen to it. So he, I, you know that Adam <laughs> Scott, the Dilbert guy? Oh, was he on Cuomo? So he released an episode that was, uh, it just said Adam Scott and then something. I forgot what oh, it was. Wow. I was like, oh, I got to listen to this. He didn't read this guy? That's crazy. <laughs> no, you know what the episode was? Oh, no. He interviewed Adam Scott way long time ago, before any of this happened. Oh, boo earns. And now he he did a 30-minute episode on his thoughts about his interview with Adam Scott. Ah, uh, Cuomo, he's out of ideas. Yeah. And he's out of uh, guests. He's out of guests. Yeah, you're right. He can't pay people enough money to go on that show. Holy, it's you're right on the money, dude. He... He just does the uh, the interviews, basically. Is he big time? Was he trying to do like a Cuomo version of Rogan? I don't know what he was trying to do, man. But he he does the interviews, but then he also does his one on ones, his couch talk. I know the couch talk is kind of awkward. It's a weird position to be sitting and talking to someone for a long time. No, 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 no. He does the couch talk alone. <laughs> Well, that's his, what he that's Neil, what he calls it, couch talk or well, some shit. Well, like his that. interview with Neil deGrasse, weren't they both sitting on that couch? I don't know. I actually, I don't watch the video. I uh, <laughs> I think they're both sitting on the couch. Dude. Are they? <laughs> I gotta look it up again. Uh, he probably does the couch just so there's more opportunities to flex the muscles. You know. The, yes, he wants to show the entire upper uh, body work he's been putting in. It's funny, like Cuomo. And uh, who's the female Cuomo uh, from Fox News? Megan Fox or Megan oh, Kelly? Yeah. Megan Kelly. They Megan didn't Kelly. really translate to podcast world very well. They need yeah, to, they're not interesting people. Well, they need the uh, the glamour and you know the sparkling lights of the TV and you know they they need you know, to be the on, prob- the, uh, so on the, the big, main. The big problem. No, here's the big problem with the podcast is it really comes off that you're not one of us. <laughs> well, yeah. Right? Because sure. you sit down, you, you just sit down and talk for an hour. The idea is spewing out of your head. We could figure out real quick. Like, it's like the reason Cuomo's podcast sucks, it's so ingenuous. Like, you know what I mean? It's yeah. just He needs to crank open a few beers, smoke some weed, and join the dudes. see that's the thing he can't though he can never do it he's not like i don't know he's trying to be something he's not the same thing with bill maher where he's like i'm doing club random dude you just come sit down we're gonna smoke a joint it's like dude that sounds all right right. i think i've tuned in a few times not a bad thing but it's terrible nobody's listening are you listening to it nobody i know listens 
I listen to it probably as much as I listen to The Problem with Jon Stewart. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which, is it-, is it back on Apple TV? Is it ever, does it even exist? I don't think his show really exists on, on television. I catch it. Oh, I don't know about No, definitely not on te- television. Like, there is no streaming going on, right? Like, he's not on. Have you seen anything I, for it? Any commercials or. I think you can get on YouTube, right? <laughs> I don't know. John Stewart. Like, the problem with John Stewart's show is he comes on and it's like terrible audio. And he's like, oh, hey, is this thing on? Do we use this? Dude, you're acting like you don't have the money. To have this incredible studio. Like, you know what I mean? CNN should bring back Cuomo, bring on Megyn Kelly, and give Jon Stewart and then Bill Maher each an hour on a nightly basis. In that order. Never happened. Give them each an hour. You get a full spectrum of the same opinion. Which is all these fucking news stations want, right? They want the same opinion spewed out in different ways. It would be interesting because then you there's like certain things you could bring up that they would all agree on, and then you know it's bullshit. Yeah, well, the, in the world we live in, all four of those people are the same. They actually probably have the exact same, ver- you know, perspective of world events and what's going on because they're all part of the machine on some level. Bill Maher, the reason I said Bill Maher and Jon Stewart, I'm not off base with this. They literally are trying to give him an hour segment or whatever on CNN. Get the fuck out of here. He's been doing his overtime is airing on CNN on Friday nights. What? Yes. Yeah, they're trying to integrate Bill Maher into CNN. That's how Bill Maher, he's fucking... (laughs) <laughs> they're desperate. They're desperate. Yes, that's what I'm saying. They're that's fucking desperate. your knight in shining armor. But if you're going to go to Bill Maher, bring on Jon Stewart, man. The dude is lost in nowhere land up over an apple, whatever he's doing. And the problem with Jon Stewart, that's, that's a bad title. <laughs> Get rid of those f***s you got. <laughs> Folks, Mike did not disappoint on this first episode. Editing, <laughs> editing team will be in the bay for hours in the morning. You know, uh, you know what great episode came out yesterday or this morning? No, no, yeah, yesterday, possibly. Tim Dillon, yes, with Alex Jones, yes, man, great episode. I was able to get a little bit of an in. Um, it's a funny situation. It's from uh, because t- uh, Tim Dillon was there at the comedy show at Joe Rogan's club, and right. if uh, you. Look around, he's actually in Alex Jones' studio. Oh, yeah, really? Yes. Oh, yeah, he says that. Yeah, he was looking for a place to record. Yeah, and so it's pretty funny because he has all the camera work going on, and it's very dramatic, like Alex Jones' show is. But it's <laughs> oh, just, no way. It's just Tim Dillon's show, which is like <laughs> the most bare-bones show like, you could possibly get. It's literally- Dude, he literally <laughs> does it in whatever city he's in. Like a guy it. borrows him the studio. I know. And it, it's just a laptop and a microphone, It's which is all <laughs> podcasting is. and it's No, but that's why his show is one of the best because it's literally it's so authentic do you yes. know what i mean like yeah no it's Cu- great man cuomo and like cuomo and stewart you guys are trying to be yes. Tim Dillon, it's all this but, production but i can see the makeup yeah i can see everything you know what i mean i know you have a stylist pick out your clothes tim Dillon is tell. like he's sweating and you can see like the uh hot wing sauce on his shirt you know oh, dude, <laughs> he takes the sunglasses off and you're like damn that guy is fucking hungover he, he partied that hard guy. last night yeah you know so what I mean? That's usually his show, but you should check out the uh, visual uh, version of the one he did with Alex Jones because it's in Alex Jones' studio, and it's just got these sweeping camera motions. It's like super <laughs> high tech, and you're like, "Whoa, this is like almost too much for Tim Dillon." You know, <laughs> like he didn't prepare for this on like a makeup like laundry level. You know, he didn't clean <laughs> he didn't clean himself appropriately for that kind of a close up. You know, <laughs> but that's, that's why makes it great. that's why we love. Tim Dillon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real. <laughs> He's a national treasure without a doubt. You get what you get.